What I wanted to do was I wanted to travel around the world inspiring millions of people around the world. You know, can I relax? Can I let go? Can I trust? Can I think that that it's not just my holding on that's going to make everything happen? There's also a level of grace. And in the middle of one of my meditations, I saw this light bulb go off in my head. It's just like the cartoons show. I really believe that part of my success has been that I have always followed my soul. I know that I can succeed through hard work. The question now is, can I succeed through smarter work but greater ease? If I look back at my life, every time I've had a reinvention, something that, that has really been big, it's been out of me saying no. Hi, Marcy. Hi, Mike. Nice to have you. Great to be here. All right. So let's start out Fairfield, Iowa. Let's talk a little bit about that. What is this place, Maharishi and so on and so forth? I know we just got to start there because why not? Why not? So uh, when I was 16 years old, I started something called Transcendental Meditation, meditation technique. And when I was 17, I decided to, it was time to go to college. I went to UC Santa Cruz for one semester, one quarter and I came home and told my parents that I would be going to Maharishi International University in Fairfield, That's Iowa. That's not a school. It's yeah. exactly. What? You're what? So they made me a deal because it was in Iowa. They said, you go for one quarter and if you like it, then you can stay. Now, this was going to be in January in Iowa. And they knew that there was no way I was going to stay, but I did in fact go and I stayed and I graduated from Maharishi International University where everyone, the only difference in the education was that everybody um, practiced transcendental meditation, the students, the staff, the faculty, and we learned everything in light of natural laws, understanding of, of nature. Now, I will say that I was too embarrassed when I graduated to tell everybody for the rest of my life that I had graduated from Maharishi National University. So I ended up getting my MBA from UCLA so that I would never have to confess. And here you are. The very first question you ask me, Mike, is where is Fairfield, Iowa? I have, to, and, I have to go straight to the shade. Okay. That's my job. I want to go there. Everybody. I'm actually now very proud of it. Not yes. only is it very cool. I mean, Oprah has been to Fairfield, Iowa, and there are a lot of amazing things that have come out of that community. This was back in the 70s. I, I, I'm very proud of that background, and I feel like it's really served me well. Well, I think the other thing is it's uh, served its time. In other words, I, I believe the world has opened up and yes. we know now from a scientific perspective, a medical perspective and an et cetera, et cetera, the benefits of meditation. There's so much science, hard Absolutely. science behind it that we you know if you're not meditating, you're not performing as well as you could be. But that's not exactly what I want to talk about with you today. What I wanted to talk about is reinvention because Let's just go straight to this. You've reinvented yourself a whole bunch of times, but I want to go to the now, which is, I know you're moving into a brand new place. You're in a lot of interesting upheaval. Mm -hmm. You've changed directions many times. And I just want to get to the, what is the most dangerous thing that exists in your life right now that you're terrified of? Letting go. <laughs> yeah. Letting go of working really hard. Okay. I've been working really hard for 40 years. And I came from a family that so really believed in working then, hard. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, ever since you're two years old. <laughs> That's a, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I really, you know, I came from a family that believed in hard work very much. And that if actually success came to you more easily, that it wasn't quite fair. You were kind of cheating. Oh, yeah. What, where were you born? I was born in San Francisco and grew up in San Francisco. And so it's a, it's a, it's a feeling of it shouldn't come easily. 
And so I'm actually, what scares me the most is to experiment. They, they totally sound Can like Midwesterners, comes, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, Jewish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardworking. Got to really put in the effort. Be busy. So right. that's, that's really a, a, a stretch for me to, to, to question. I know that I can succeed through hard work. The question now is, can I succeed through smarter work, but greater ease? The, this is my favorite topic right now is simplicity and being mm -hmm. rewarded and paid for who you are versus what you do or what you know. And I, so that's great. So what does this mean for you? So let's pretend you were goddess mm -hmm. for, from this time forward, you could wave your magic wand. And I'll even ask you the, the same question I asked when I just presented at TLC, which is if you and I were sitting here a year from now, and you had the dream life, your reinvention of simplifying, slowing down. What would that look like? Paint me yeah. a picture. And then we're going to go backwards and talk about how you got here. Okay, great. So it would look like I have my company running beautifully, pretty much on its own. I mean, I'm checking in, I'm doing some things and it's just going, it's more successful than ever. And that I am having more free time to learn new things. I want to learn piano. I want to learn. I want to, I have high school Spanish. I want to improve that, you know, things that I, I kind of just have always wanted to do. And now I'm 61 and I better start doing them. So, uh, and it would look like I was doing more philanthropic work. Um, your, your wife is an incredible inspiration to me in philanthropic work. And I've also worked a lot with the Nobel women's initiative, uh, helping further the, um, the safety and, opportunity for women around the planet. Got it. So the bottom line is a integrated business that you work on, not in. Yes. Uh, more free time. How many days off a week are you taking in your perfect world? In my perfect world, I'm working three and a half days a week. Okay. And tell me a little bit about your evolution. Because and yeah. the best way of setting this up is tell me a story about who is Marcy Shymoff. I want to set this up for a big reason. Yeah. So I was very lucky in, in, in a certain way in that when I was 13 years old, I was standing in front of the, actually I was, had uh, just gone to hear Zig Ziglar speak. And it was 1971 and Zig Ziglar was kind of the only speaker out there. And when he, I'd never seen a professional speaker. And I don't even know how I ended up there. And when he walked across that stage, I said, that's what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I knew it. I could see it. I, I saw myself so you traveling. you stage. You could see yourself being a presenter, performer, teacher. What I wanted to do was I wanted to travel around the world, inspiring millions of people around the world. It, and, and it came to me as a vision. And that was it. I remember going home and telling my parents that I want to be a speaker they were very upset because they wanted me to be a dental hygienist. My father was a dentist, <laughs> but my mother, my mother teased with me. She said, honey, you sure talk enough. You might as well get paid for it. So, <laughs> and you have a great smile too. Oh, thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So do you feel you succeeded? You've been able to inspire millions of people and do what you want to set out to do. I have, I, I, I have definitely felt uh, very blessed in that way. And it's had some major markers, which I think uh, have some really interesting stories to go with those. If, if you want to go there and share Good. some of those. Well, here's the way I want to frame that question, yes. which is <clears throat> looking back, 
at your life so far, mm -hmm. professionally, personally, and what's given you true satisfaction, mm -hmm. not the empty stuff. We can go down the old uh, dark side of the light chasers route here. I'm going to avoid that for now. And, and if you think about the capabilities and skills that matter most now that have given you the opportunity to, to actually be fulfilled, at least up until the point of the right now, your new reinvention and what you're setting out to do next of simplification and more beingness, what is it or they? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I have to share with you this little formula that I learned ages ago, because honestly, it's the answer to that question. And uh, my first coach, when I was in my twenties said that there are three keys to creating what you want in your life. And they rhyme intention, attention, no tension. You know, we've heard this before with the whole law of attraction and, and all of that. But I, I really believe that those three things were the three keys. I was clear. I had, I've had great clarity on what it is I wanted. Attention, that's intention. Attention, I've really actually put my life energy into those things. But the last one, which is no tension, is the one that I, you know, I, I personally believe that people really are great at one of those they are okay at the other one, one of them, and they suck at one of the other ones. And I really do not do well at the no tension. And that's the one where I've had to step into, you know, can I relax? Can I let go? Can I trust? Can I, can I think that, that it's not just my holding on that's going to make everything happen? It's not just my effort. There's also a level of grace, you know, I, I mean, for of sounding a little woo-woo there. There's a certain grace that Go happens. For it. I, I don't mind woo-woo okay, at good. all. Neither all right. At this point, if they're not, if they can't okay. take it, they can't take good. it. Come on, secret lady. Dish yeah. It I mean, you got, I, I, and, and for me, that no tension piece was always the hardest. And it was always the place where I had the biggest breakthroughs. I mean, it was, can I share a story, Mike? Will Come you on. let me? Okay. I want stories. All right. And then, so, and then yeah. So I, I really knew that I wanted to travel the world and, and, and train and, and inspire people. And I was doing it very much on a small stage and I was, I was beating my head against the wall. I was burned out. I was working for a company called career track going around every day, going to a new city, um, talking about self-esteem for women and things like that and totally burned out. And one day, a dear friend of ours, actually, Janet Atwood, came to me and said, Marcy, you look, you look terrible. That was not the words she used. And I, and she said, I'm going to take you, know, you away with me. One thing about Janet is she's never direct. She's never direct <laughs> at all. So I had, I had done the clarity piece. I had done the intention. I had done the, the attention. I had not done the no tension. She came to me. She said, you need a break. I'm going to take you with me on a seven-day silent meditation retreat. And I said, Janet, you're crazy. I don't do silence. I haven't been silent for more than two hours in my life. And she said, no, you can do this. And she, she grabbed me with her and we went off onto this seven day silent meditation retreat, me kicking and screaming. The first three days I was miserable. On the fourth day I'd settled in. And in the middle of one of my meditations, I saw this light bulb go off in my head. It's just like the cartoons show. And I saw the words chicken soup for the woman's soul. Now, no one had conceived of anything beyond the original Chicken Soup for the Soul book. And I knew as soon as I got that, that that was it. I knew that was exactly was what was going to get me on the world stage. There was only one problem with the scenario, and that is 
I still had three more days of silence and I couldn't tell anybody. But as soon as the silence was over, I ran and called up Jack Canfield, who was my mentor. And I said, chicken soup for the woman's soul. He said, great idea. Can't believe nobody's thought of it. He then called the publisher, said, great idea. Can't believe nobody's thought of it. And a year later, my first book came out and went to number one on the New York Times list right away. And I absolutely know without a doubt that that had not happened. That would not have happened had I not gone into that no tension space to allow that to come forth. Okay. So I'm going to ask a question because the days of chicken soup are gone now. That's right. Frankly, the days of the New York Times bestseller are basically over. Gone. And the value of big channel media right. is over. Right. And now it's micro channels. You know, in this particular case, I'm a huge believer in podcasting. And the you might even talk me into doing one, huh? I'm you what, <laughs> I, I can feel it coming on. I swear. <laughs> It's to me, it's, it's the best. And so I'm going to project my own perspective on here. So right now, one of the reasons why I shut everything down, I wanted up besides the fact that I needed to completely unravel everything and it no longer spoke to me. And I story I told is my soul hurt and I had to, or I'd implode or explode. Yeah. And I started podcasting the moment you could but I never took the time to build a channel and I built tools instead. Mm-hmm. So as a, I created tools for other people to create their own platforms. Yeah. And knowing what I know now, if I have a regret, it's that I didn't just do a podcast anyway, despite all that and have it going for a decade because now you can do what we're doing. Which yep. In this case, we're doing audio. We're doing video simultaneously, have a conversation and I've found that if someone hears this podcast for four episodes and meets me once, they want to work with me. And I'm, I'm a huge investment of, mm-hmm. of time and money for them. Mm-hmm. And it's all you need to do if you do it right. It's the best channel with the most power. But you've got to play the long game, meaning you've got to be prepared for 18 to 36 months before it actually is going to do something for you. Now, I've been fortunate because I had a platform. You've got an amazing platform. If I were you, it's what I would do. Well, I, I'm listening intently. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> so you so, got me. All right. So he, the 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 question I have for you is knowing what you know right now, mm-hmm. based upon your experience, what channel do you is most attractive yeah. to you right now? When you think about the simplified you, yeah, that you'd really be excited to do, knowing that. The, the world also, you know, you had the benefit of having the secret. That was perfect timing. You've it had was. Oprah, perfect timing. I, mean, I you, actually wasn't on Oprah. I can't tell weren't? you how many people have said to me, you were fabulous on Oprah. And okay. I got tired of saying, oh, uh, you know, no, I wasn't. I just now say thank you. But really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I actually did not know that, but. It's okay. You certainly scattered well, amongst the. Uh, yeah. I'm happy that I was actually able to sell 16 million books without Oprah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Although I love movie. Oprah and, and, and honor right, right. that. Okay. Well, but what would I do? Yeah. What would you so, do now? You know, you asked an earlier question and, and I want to, I, I want to answer that also mm-hmm. uh, with this as well. I really believe that part of my success has been that I have always followed my soul. Huh. I've always followed what my heart says I'm here to do. I think everybody's here to do something different. Yeah. And I'm here for women. I'm here to help women live their, their, truly their best life. And 
you know, and I feel like I, I had all the problems. I'm a woman. I had all the problems that, that so many women are suffering. I was unhappy. I didn't feel fulfilled. I was, I had a lot of success and I still didn't feel fulfilled. And now I honestly feel like I'm living a miraculous life. I started a program called Your Year of Miracles. We have thousands of women from around the world, 72 countries. And that's my love is helping women live a miraculous life. So what I would do is I would do a podcast for living a miraculous life for women. So you want to help me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm helping you now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. That's good. Um, so next up, I'm curious about um, when you are most stuck, mm. like right now, mm -hmm. what, what's your current antidote? And well, I mean, let's just get raw for a second. Where do you think you're most stuck? Uh, I am most stuck. I'm great at making money. Fabulously have done very well with that. And I, I don't say that. I trying to say that more just honestly. Um, we can be honest here okay. and it's not bragging when it's true. Okay. And I mm -hmm. haven't been as great about managing it or, or investing it. And so that's my edge right now is it's, it's scary to me. I don't know who to believe. I don't know who to trust. There's 20 stories, you know, and you know, it, like with diets, there's a new diet every day. There's a new, and, and feels that way with me around, this is a scary area for me. So, and I've kind of shied away. So yeah. I'm diving in head on and, and listening to who do I believe I should listen to and um, learning to trust myself. Okay. So if I'm totally honest, that's an area of my shame as well. I'm, you and I are very, very similar. Um, when you look at the numbers, I've earned tens of millions of dollars and I've made the stupidest mistakes with people. I've made horrible investments of time, resources, money. And because of my own ignorance, I had to pay a lot of people huge sums of money to undo ignorant mistakes, right? Mm. And I was too ashamed to ask for help mm -hmm. until too late in my career or later in my career. Mm -hmm. And it's not like it's over with, mm -hmm. but uh, when you look at what I should have compared to what I've earned and, and this is something I think would be an interesting conversation with you is you've been in this business a long time yep. and you know what's real and what isn't real and yep. behind the, the, Guru's curtain are nightmares and corpses and phantasms. And I'm not going to ask you a question. I'd love your commentary, your thoughts on, on that. Cause it's so, very reflective. I really, I really appreciate this depth of conversation and, and I feel vulnerable in, yeah, I mean, I feel vulnerable about all of this. Um, for me, it's about not beating myself up. And, um, and looking at what I have, I mean, I still very, very comfortable and, um, have done very well and would like to be able to be a better steward. I'd like to be able to be a bigger philanthropist. And so it's about forgiving myself, not beating myself up and about gratitude for what I have done. Right. You know, I might've made four bad decisions, but I've also made four good decisions at the same time. So it's, you know, it's the things that we teach. It's about not focusing on what you've done wrong, but focusing on what you're doing right. 
um, finding the right people out there to support you and, um, and forgiveness, self-forgiveness. So gratitude, forgiveness, and support. Those are my three ant- antidotes to that. And okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, and having accountability buddies, having people who can hold you to that. Like, I love knowing that you've had that same experience or a similar kind of experience. Oh, hell yeah. No, if we got dirty right now, I mean, I can tell you stuff. I just simply because there's people that you and I know, or, you know, it's like, I, I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no blame here. It's just purely, um, when you're moving fast and you're good at what you're good at yeah, and you don't understand the decompression cycles and accepting the winters that are natural driven by fear of running out, not being enough, not having enough to run core in our type of character. Totally. Um, that's, that's just what happens. But I'm curious right now because you've been in this industry and survived if you were going to map out for me, so I'm going to ask you two questions. I okay. want you to answer either one because by okay. asking the question, it'll start, you can formulate an answer. So okay. one of them is if you looked at the high points in your life mm-hmm. and thought of like the biggest markers of success and what I'd call cyclical reinvention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think of it through that lens. Um, what might those key points be a combination of opportunity, luck, mm-hmm. um, shift in market, thought process. And I believe that consciousness moves in ways, opportunity moves in ways, markets move in waves. So this is very capitalistic, not mm-hmm. very spiritual, but it's just in, we can mix it up however you want. The second one would be, and if we answer both, it'll be interesting as well. Do I get bonus points? You, you yeah. totally, you, <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, you totally do. I like bonus points. <laughs> good, good. So we'll put that in circle number one. We'll call okay. it question number one. Question number two would be, What's working best right now yeah. for you in terms of opportunity, income, passion? Yeah. And what I'm looking for is for someone to go, oh, man, uh, that's a pattern I haven't noticed yeah. before. To me, they're the same question, actually. Okay. So always, if I look back at my life, every time I've had a reinvention, every time I've had something that, that has really been big, it's been out of me saying no. It's oh. been out of me saying no to what I didn't want to do, even though Mm -hmm. there was a lot of opportunity. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, six years ago, I I was given a big opportunity, very, very big contract uh, to teach in China, many multiple over a period of two years. And it was the, and I didn't want to do it. I I did not want to spend a couple of years, a, a good portion of a couple of years in China, but it was, it was a really big contract. And I w- had a coach that, um, that I had made a commitment to that I was no longer to, going to do work that I didn't love or didn't like. And, um, and I said no to this contract. And about a week after I said no to it, the idea for what I'm doing now, your year of miracles and, and all of the work that I've been doing over the last now almost, well, six years, came out of my saying no. You know, I, I, I Warren Buffett, I heard said that... Um, When somebody asked him, why are you so much more successful than everybody else? He said, that's easy. I say no to 99.99% of things. So it's having the courage to say no. And then again, woo-woo, getting woo-woo here, is continually listening. Good. Because it's really about continually listening to what is my higher self or whatever you want to call that. That's when I feel the most fulfilled. 
So when you say, you know, when are you the happiest? It's not when I'm having the most success. It's when I'm having the most success that came out of me listening to what it was I was supposed to do. Then it feels exhilarating. Otherwise, the success feels exhausting. So it's, does that make sense? Totally does. And what I, so I've got two comments here. One of them is to someone who doesn't have a platform like the one you have, the yes. momentum, the movement, they're like, oh, well, easy for you to say, no. to say no to have the opportunity to actually say no, where I've got to blank. Um, but what you have in front of you as a result of your behavior is deal flow, opportunity flow, ask flow. And, you know, the, I believe that no cycles create compression opportunities. And the longer you're willing to wait, in other words, the longer you're willing to experience a winter, mm-hmm. the bigger your spring will be. Mm-hmm. That's just on an energetic level. Mm-hmm. The next thing uh, that I will tell you on a completely unrelated but related note about Warren Buffett, this year I did something. So you can buy a Berkshire Hathaway B share for about $200. So you could just download an app called Robinhood or on any stock program, buy one B share for around $200 and you're allowed to get four tickets or passes to attend Warren Buffett's annual event. Mm-hmm. Best $200 I've ever spent because just being around mm-hmm. this audience of people mm-hmm. changes the way you're wired and how you think about money. And you listen to this common sense guy with Charlie Munger, who, by the way, Charlie's like, I think uh, Warren's 89, Charlie's 95. Just being around that energy changes who you are. And uh, I can't recommend it highly enough because they won't be here much longer. I would challenge you. If you'd like to be my guest next year, uh, I'd love you to be Mike, my guest. I have had Berkshire Hathaway for 20 years, 22 years. And, and I've gotten those invitations have. every single year. And I've always thought, oh, what am I going to do going to that? So now I will go. I'll go with you. Okay. Are they in Nebraska? Yeah. Okay. I flew in and uh, I mean, let's put it this way. Well, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. So I'm used to Midwesterny stuff. Nebraska, it's Omaha is a nice city. I lived in Iowa. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. I can do this. Totally do. Okay. (laughs) Um, All right. Next up. Think about some of the high points then. That's the next one. If you look at some of your arcs Mm -hmm. and. I'm going to ask a sub question, but what do you think the biggest, greatest yeses have been over the course of your career so far? Made the biggest impact that you're still proud of that are meaningful and you're like, that was meant to be truly meant to be. The biggest yeses were, um, I was a corporate trainer and I wanted to teach self-esteem. 1989. I, I had no idea who to learn self-esteem training from, but I knew I wanted to teach. I was given two names. One was Nathaniel Brandon, whom I'd heard of. The other was a guy named Jack Canfield, who nobody had ever heard of. That guy. That guy. Jeez. And it, it, I just intuitively went with the Jack Canfield one, and he ended up being my mentor and, and uh, has made a huge difference in my life. Um, that was a huge yes that I said, I'm going to just follow and go there. Uh, another big yes was was um, saying yes to being interviewed for The Secret. No idea where that's going to come from. No, I, no idea where that was going to go. I mean, this was. But that came out of being part of TLC part of with Jack. TLC. That's so right. In a lot of ways, with a common thread we're already following is, holy cow, have you been 
one of Chuck's greatest success stories, but also um, beneficiaries. Um, <laughs> one one of the greatest, um, you know, beneficiaries of what he's done. And uh, you know, I, I would say another big thing that I've said yes to is when I knew I was done with chicken soup. I knew I had cooked enough chicken soup, and I was sick of it. And I said, yes. And how many books worth was that? Uh, I had done seven. And um, I said, what do I want to do next? And I really wanted to speak and, and learn about happiness for myself. And I decided to use my own life as an experiment. I had all this great success and I still didn't feel deeply happy. And I said, I'm going to research this and I'm going to find out what will work. And then if it works, I'm going to share it with people. And that was a, like, a great thing because honestly, Mike, Back then, I would have given myself a D in happiness. And today, I'm a solid A. And it's it's not that everything goes great in my life. It's just that I actually have developed this inner state of happiness. Having put my attention on it so much and studied it so much, that was a really great thing I said yes to. And I'm, I'm so happy about that. And, and it's not just that I'm happy that I'm happy. I'm happy that I actually know, I understand what it takes for people to be happier and I can share that with people and it works. That's thrilling to me. Yeah. What else? Think through the arc. Okay. So the happiness speaking for sure. What you, uh, what are, are there any other significant points before we get to like the what's happening now? I'm curious about that too. Uh, the next big point career wise was when I uh, decided when I said no to the China contract and, and happy for no reason. I'm sorry, the year of miracles program has happened. So those have been my big yeses um, in my career. I'd say saying yes to going to school at Maharishi International University at some weird, unaccredited at the time, you know, meditation um, university and saying yes to having that piece of my life, that spiritual piece of my life stay fr um, front and center for the last however many years. That's great. Great story. So talk about current project. Why it, how long has it been going now? Your year of miracles. We're in our sixth year and uh, we grow every year. And this last year we had, we had a big switch, which actually was an interesting thing. My, my partner who I had, my co-founder uh, who was also a very dear friend of mine, Deborah Poneman uh, had, we'd been doing this together for five years. And towards the end of last year, she said, it's time, it was time for her to go do something else. And I went into, um, you have a beautiful story. Well, I went into an experience of, oh my God, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue this or am I going to stop this? I had only known it with her. And I went inside again and I said, ah, this is great. It's going, it's, it's serving so many people. I don't want to stop. And I'm going to expand and invite in new people to collaborate with. And I've have the most wonderful collaborators that I'm working with, with uh, Dr. Sue Mortar and Lisa Gar, and it's going fabulously well. And, uh, so and just life Lisa goes just on. happens to be sitting in the room. She with does us right happen now, to be sitting so in the room with talk, us right now. Talk to her in a Coincidentally, moment, so yeah. <laughs> all right. And I'm curious, how many people have gone through the program? What is it exactly? What yeah. happens? So Give me the commercial. Yeah. Okay. It's a year long program. Uh, about living your life in what we call the miracle zone, that place where you're just in the flow, where things happen, uh, where you feel great and life is working for you. And it covers every area of your life, your relationships, your health, your work, your um, self-love and all of that. And um, it's a real need. 
that we had no idea when we started, no idea what, what a need it would fulfill. We've had, we've had over 200,000 people listen to our, uh, our, our, our webinar on the three secrets uh, to living a miraculous life. We've had over 10,000 people in the year long program itself. And what's amazing to me is that we have people from Mongolia, from um, Wanawatu, from all over, all over the world sharing in the same experience. And it's, it's a, it's a global community that, that we've had amazing miracles come from this work that I never could have anticipated. And tell me one story. Ah, uh, God, there's so many. Um, um, I mean, many, many stories of people meeting their soulmates, oh, you know, you love on. those stories. Tell me a story I'm trying about to think a of a person okay. or am I putting you on the spot? No, no, I will okay. tell the story. Uh, <laughs> one of our, one of our, um, uh, members is a psychiatrist and um, she was going through a very challenging uh, divorce and custody issues and things like that. And she, uh, she really actually maneuvered through that in an exquisite way and is now teaching happiness to doctors all over, all over the country. And in, in, I'm not expressing it very well, but her life truly is um, a miracle from where she began. Right. I'll, I'll do better on getting okay. my stories together, right. Mike. <laughs> That's the next time. So That's it's, good. <laughs> but it's all right. I, I had to ask. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. All right. And I think the next big question I have going, kind of coming full circle to your simplification. If you were choosing the one thing right now that you identify with the most that you are the greatest at. And if you were going to be focused on that one thing for now until let's just pretend it's your legacy behavior until you decide you're either just going to continue doing that until you're done, 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 or when you choose to be done, whichever that can mean a lot of things like Jack Canfield, for example, it's pretty apparent that he's just going to keep on going Mm-hmm. And keep on going. This is just who he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I had a conversation with him about this specifically. I also did with Inga. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be in the cards. And I oscillate sometimes. Part of me, when I went through this last phase, was mm-hmm. like, maybe I'll fade and just do it comfortably, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from a certain top of game. Then I realized it's just not who I am yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just time for, to recreate and that, and, and stepping into the fear, mm-hmm. even though it sucked, it's, I didn't, I lost my courage. It mm. actually broke. And I felt like, I actually felt like a total loser for a good chunk of time. I lost my courage and that drive for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that this might be a winter cycle. Mm-hmm. But getting taking this back to you, the reason mm-hmm. I, I you know, set this up is I'm just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. You've gone through so many cycles, so many reinventions. What's the purest version of Marcy? So the purest version, back to woo, is I feel like my life is about learning how to be connected to my higher self all the time so that I'm not driven by what are people going to think? I'm not driven by 
I want to make more. I'm not driven by anything other than this is the, this feels like the right next thing to do. That's when I know I've made it. Cause you know, I, we, we both know people in our industry that it's all about, you know, I've got to prove myself. I've got to have the image. I've got to have all that, that I, I don't want that. I want to live my life so that I can honestly say I am an authentic example. And I'm certainly not there yet, but I'm, I'm in process. I'm an authentic example of being true to myself, of being true to my higher self and, um, and, and really living in that way. That's, that's for me. Rockstar. God, <laughs> God, I feel good being with you right now. It's so nice. This was, this is so much fun. And, and for me, oh, I want to say something else about that, yeah. Mike. You know, I did StrengthsFinder a couple years ago and it was so valuable to me because I always felt like I was not really a great teacher and not really a great speaker. And here I am, my career is teaching and speaking and I don't feel great at those. You know, there's so many other people that we know that comparison is the fast track at misery, but, but the, the strengths finder, my number one is activator. And what I know I do is I activate people. I help people get clear about what's possible in their life. And I help activate that in them. And that I can so relate to. That's what I feel like I'm on the planet to do. And I don't know what form it's going to take next. You know, I think it'll continue to grow in your year of miracles. But I know that that as long as I am staying true to myself for the rest of my life, I will be an activator. Well, and that to me is what oh, everybody's yeah. here to find. So my, my beat on that, just I got to yeah. download as you're talking about it, is I think your physiology and your core nature, like you are so fiery and mm -hmm. you represent ignition and inspiration mm -hmm. and possibility. And that's what you bring. And mm -hmm. with this whole comparison thing, when you, if you might compare technical style, right. you might say, Oh, I'm not as good at, but when you show up, it's like, you are such a fireball mm -hmm. and, uh, like I'm not some aura reader or anything like that. Well, I did wear I could, red today. <laughs> you're like a, you're a nuke, mm. but not the kind that you get hurt next to. Mm. It's the kind that feeds you. And that's very rare. You know, there are very few people who genuinely have the it and tell great stories and stay motivated like you are and you have, it's very rare. Mm -hmm. And I don't see you as being a pathetic person who dies on the stage. And that's what you were almost referencing. And so yeah. we know it's like, I, that's one of the things that scared the hell out of me. I said, I am not going to be that guy who dies on the stage. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Now we're here. I, I, what the reason I love this for me, what I see with everybody I meet, I see possibility. I mm -hmm. think it's, you do the same. Yeah. Totally. And I uh -huh. can see how, just shifting something this way or that way, they could, they could come alive. And I love being a cheerleader for that. I, I, I was never a cheerleader in high school. I was always a wannabe cheerleader. And I feel like as an adult, I get to be a cheerleader for life and, and activate what's possible for people. And I really, like you, I know we care about that. We, I know like you, I, I want to have, I want people to be happy. I want people to live a great life. I want this to be a great world. And I think that that's the way I can best contribute to doing that. So here's my dream and my wish for you Okay, is you deserve a show okay. and, and to be in show business now is the time. And this could be 
the next you where you get the freedom you want by broadcasting. And hopefully this feels like uh, we, what I could see is this is who you are and you have so much access now. Yeah. So many people who will say yes, when you ask, they want to elevate you and they want for you what you want for you. Mm -hmm. So that's my download of the day. Well, Mike, when I grew up, I would come home from school, high school every day and turn on the TV and watch Merv Griffin. Hell I yeah. wanted to be Me Merv too. Griffin. Yeah. Did you? Oh, my whole life. I, it was Johnny Carson in, in present times. It's Bill Maher. It's been John Stewart. It's Saturday night live. Yeah. It's all, all that. And my commitment I've made to myself this year is I'm doing stand up improv and I'm taking voice lessons. Wow. So for that well, reason, cause the, we live in the era where, comedians own the narrative yeah and and so this is that time and you can do it without coping or compromise that's the beauty of podcast i don't necessarily too. want to do the comedy part i when you know when oprah came along i said i was going to be the jewish oprah mm -hmm. and uh so something something totally. and i'm glad to that you've inspired me to do that i mean Good. i think there are no accidents so here i am today getting to do this with you and getting the inspiration so will you be my teacher? Ta-da. It'd be my, my honor and my okay. pleasure. So let's do this. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Is there a place people should go if, or a big wish mm -hmm. that you have? What, what's, your, uh, what's your wish? Well, I'd love everybody to support to support this, support me in this. And you can go to youryearofmiracles.com or happyfornoreason.com. And even though I'm going to be scared doing this next step, just kind of go along with me and and... Tell me I can do it. <laughs> That's my you're, wish. <laughs> you're total natural, so it's easy. All right, well. See, Shane, love who you are. Thank you mm. for being here. Thank you're you. You're absolutely yummy. Thank you. This was so much fun, Mike. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. And that's that. <laughs>